the decisions you got to make throughout a game. So instead of playing for a good team, like I did the year before, where you maybe make 15 decisions a game, okay, should I come for this cross? Should I not come for this? Um, should I close him down, not close him down, catch, parry, uh, kick long or play short? And suddenly you have well, 50 of them in one game, uh, which I, I think looking back really helped me out. Uh, just getting a lot of a lot of repetition, a lot of scenarios, a lot of building up that base uh, to make good decisions um, in your goalkeeping. Hello guys and welcome to a new episode of the Gloves On podcast. We're your host Alexander Brams and alongside me is Marcus Sundin as always. And today we are joined by Norwegian goalkeeper Tor Erik Larsen. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Excited to have you on Tor. So we share some of the same history, all of us three, by having played college football. Uh, you have then taken it to another level and right now play in Olesund along with a former guest of ours, Mike Lansing. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and find it in season one. Otherwise, enjoy this episode with Tore Glassen. Tore, we are going to start this segment, this podcast with our usual segment, which is our fourth fire question. So if you're ready, yeah. we're ready. So gloves on or gloves off? Uh, for like passing drills and stuff. Whatever. Like gloves every, on or gloves yeah, off? Gloves on. Always gloves on. Favorite goalkeeper of all time? Casper uh, Schmeichel. Has to be Casper Schmeichel. Nice. Favorite goalkeeper you have played with? Stan Grittebust. Stan Grittebust. Upcoming guest, by the way. Most important <laughs> aspect within goalkeeping? Uh, the mental aspect of it. The mental aspect. A typical answer we get here and before this podcast we actually just talked about you sharing time with another goalkeeper during a semi-pro summer league in the states like the in between leagues in between seasons in america you can go and play uh, a summer league which is kind of a semi-pro pro setup and you play the summer league i did it myself i was just, i was fortunate enough to play all the games until i got injured but tell us about your experience with sharing time with another goalkeeper, even though you were promised you were going to play all the games? Uh, yeah, no, I got, got in there and uh, we're two keepers and the under level, so it was a good goalie as well. But I uh, got in and coach just said that we're going to split time uh, for the summer. Um, obviously, don't didn't agree with it, but at the same time, it's just it was summer league. It was just get minutes, get reps see like game action and then do do the best thing you could out of the situations i mean it was it was frustrating obviously but especially it's it's different when it's like in the summer league in the states because you you're preparing for your college fall by playing in the summer league games as, as you know like so the most important thing is just to get minutes and uh do what you can with it develop and and yeah, go out and win games absolutely that's that's what it's about and so, Tor, uh, we want to talk a little bit about your career and your like path to pro. So, you grew up playing in Olesund, correct? Yeah, I grew up in in Olesund, but I played for like my local team most of my youth. Uh, and my and like when you get to like you know, obviously you play with your youth team until you're like what 12, 13, 14 ish before you get picked up by academies. 
Um, but I, got ne I never got picked up. So <laughs> I was playing with my local side up until like, uh, I think I was 17 when I got signed by Olesund's under 19s. And at that point, they've already said no to me about four or five times because I'll see him like, hey, like for under 16s, like trialing out for him and then getting a no and then uh, got signed at 17. So I did a year at, uh, at Olesund. Didn't get much game time and I wasn't, I mean, I, looking back, I probably wasn't good enough, but I thought I was good enough and uh, I was frustrated not getting the game time that I thought I wanted, I deserved. So I went back to my local club and I played, uh, what was that, like third division, like four, fourth tier uh, football. Uh, I think same division as Nybergsund, where you played at. Yep. Yeah, so exactly. did, yeah, so did, uh, played there for two years. Before I came out uh, and did, I trained a little bit with Olsen first team while I was playing games at, at uh, my local club. But that was basically my 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 background, just getting games. Uh, never really a part of an academy, even though I had a little stint in in Olsen. But yeah, it was it was a good one. I got played with like senior players, uh, played with men, got first team minutes. So looking back, it was it was good. Yeah, it sounds good, and it's 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 important to get um, playing time with the men uh, already uh, at a young age because that's when you really learn and you have to toughen up and you need that mental strength that you said is very important. <laughs> and the resilience and it sound like you you are you're very mentally strong and resilient guy. So so talk about your move and why you went from third division in norway to go to college in america um so you obviously like you finish up high school and you get to a point like where mo most of us get to the point where you're like well i've got to make some money out of playing football or i got to go get a degree and uh i wasn't good enough to get a pro contract at all and that was just the uh, the hard truth of it and you, you know you can move to like a, a bigger city and go to university in norway and then play on the side maybe you're lucky you get a like a pro semi-pro contract on the side of studying playing like like the second division or the third tier or you know but i felt that going to college in america would be the best one financially academically and in terms of how i could progress as a football player and just from the fact that you get so many resources going to college and that a lot of people don't realize in terms of uh, strength coaches, trainers, um, help with your academics to stay on top of it. Um, so for me, it was, it was a bit of a no-brainer going to the States on a scholarship and, and playing and getting my, getting my degree, getting a platform for my future life uh, to then be able to, when I'm done on college with my degree, then if I wanted to, I could maybe, I can like, try become a pro and try play and not have that stress of being like, oh, I need to have something to do when football's not around anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's also why I chose to to go to college and I suppose Marcus as well. It's it's to get the experience, but it's also to get that plan B. Maybe you're not good enough when you're 18, 19 to go out there to a team, but you can go to America, you can get a lot of minutes, you can get very much out of your comfort zone because you're in a whole new different co uh, country 8,000 kilometers away from your usual bubble and your mom and your dad and you get you grow some chest hair as we say in Danish. Uh, 100%. And you, you, you definitely develop as a person but you can also develop a lot as a player. Uh, 
and you know how, how was your so first you played at purdue fort wayne T- tell us uh, about the experience there for what three semesters uh purdue fort wayne uh like going through the recruitment process like they were the first ones to offer me which is kind of funny like the 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 coach he saw i think he saw a four minute clip of me training and he called me off and he's like hey, i'm offering a full ride and i was like <laughs> you've seen four minutes of me catching a ball and diving about and you want to give me a full ride but i mean i'll take it like obviously so and they flew me out on an official visit as well which it's not that common i feel like for internationals going going to college and um, so i went in there and uh i knew i was i didn't knew i was going to play but you know when you know you know like it was a good chance of me starting from day one and, and i did and uh, the first year we had a really solid team uh, a lot of seniors that were graduating early so you could like split the money you know like with the, the a full ride only counts for like 0.25 or something like that because they're only got half a semester so the team was stacked that first year and uh we think we set like the the school's division one wins record and made it to like the semi-finals of our conference and it was like just top experience that first half semester so yeah and then after that it got rough like we lost a lot of seniors going out and couldn't really replace them lost the the head assistant coach left and then the following year we we were we were dreadful i think we went three and 15 or something like that yeah that's that's never funny that's i was i was fucking shipping balls out of my net every game it felt like uh we we played uh we played notre dame away i remember and notre dame is a a top top school top school and we we were struggling and uh I think 10 minutes in or three nil down and then at the end it was only it felt like you know when you do the the patterns of play where you're mm-hmm. like uh, this you start a center back and you get the mannequins it felt like a pattern of play. So with me kicking the ball to their center back and then doing like patterns of play <laughs> and then finishing it to go i was like fuck's sake oh lord any chance any chance this game being over so, oh, uh, yeah that's dreadful <laughs> bye it was, it, was, it was a good good experience yeah good experience uh like I got, I played games and 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 I enjoyed the first year. It was top. Uh, first season was top, top. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah, nice. It it must be hard mentally going from like being the top to then the bottom uh, the following year and not using to taking nets out of the goal and suddenly digging them out every game. Yeah, uh, but it's an experience that as well. Like it, just like thinking back to that second season I played in college. Um, all the scenarios i got to see as a goalkeeper i think it really helped me because every game i was playing i was in reality i was playing three games in one in terms of the decisions you got to make throughout a game so instead of playing for a good team like i did the year before where you make me make 15 decisions a game okay should i come for this cross should i not come for this um should i close them down not close them down catch parry uh, kick long or play short and suddenly you have oh, 50 of them in one game uh which like i think looking back really helped me out and uh, just getting a lot of a lot of repetition a lot of scenarios a lot of building up that base uh to make good decisions um in your goalkeeping yeah so that sounds like a looking back it was probably a good experience uh, but being in the moment it must have been dreadful uh so so going after that you decided to to change college which is by the way pretty normal um uh, and also like i work with sending players to america and i can say that flying a goalkeeper out to america 
is is rare um it, it is pretty rare that they they pay first of all give a full ride in d1 to a goalkeeper and fly them out so so kudos to you um but after your first one and a half year in college you decided to move and tell us about this move um so yeah obviously during that uh, second season it was, it was it's obvious like the head coach basically like i, I love him to pieces great guy uh he basically came up to me and it's like yeah what do you think about next year and i was like i don't know and he's he's like well you like i think you should transfer he basically told me straight up that you should because he said the environment that you crave i can never like give you here which is like respect to him for like actually saying it and he he basically allowed me to go into a transfer portal like midway through the season so i was playing games every game for him while being in the portal which is also very rare uh most times if you transferred like at least from my experience the, the head coach will sack you off like put you on the sidelines and yeah and you never just be seen again but he didn't so good good on him and had a little bit of interest uh from a couple of schools but siue uh like they're also a great financial package like another full ride in d1 uh which is so lucky in, in that sense uh, on the financial aspect of going to the states and uh so decided to go there and uh, head coach he seemed like a top guy talking to him and uh facilities were good like especially the strength department was really good like the strength and conditioning aspect of the school was really really good and uh, you also had a good like soccer was like the main sport at the school so you got like a lot of fans and uh, it seemed like the obvious choice yeah it it sounded like it and i also i have two friends who's played at siue one of them got got drafted by lafc um and yeah it it seems like a top school and as you said like we're in a school there's so many in america there's so many different sports and usually soccer slash football is not the top priority at all it's like the fifth or something like that but if yeah. you go to a school where it's where it's the main one it, it's really fun it was also the main one where with track and field where i was in calstead la and it was just top and necessary like the strength and conditioning part was was top and it really helps you develop so in your development during siue how how was this how did first of all the strength and conditioning help you and how did the playing help you so i mean i got to siue i got there i went i came to the school and i was out of shape and halfway injured um, so i was a sack of shit when i showed up at that campus in january there like i was so fat so useless and i think i honestly think the head coach was looking for his receipt when i showed up like trying to get some money back from me uh, he was fucking stressing me yeah <laughs> when i showed up at campus because i was fucking rubbish but i showed up there and i i just had to spend that first semester like trying to like get fit and like the strength coaches really helped me doing the the body fat scan and and all of that like being helping me be more aware of like what you eat and how you train and probably set the all-time high record on the body fat machine there at siue and uh it was, it was rough because then covid came as well which was like a godsend for me so i was there two and a half months like training and doing dreadful like so bad i was useless and then covid came and i could go back home and uh, came back here home for like five or six months and i was just training and running and dieting and just yeah trying to get back onto uh how i used to be and 
I got back there in the fall and uh, I was fit again. And I remember the head coach coming off to me. And he's, it's like, so I, I like him as well. He comes off to me. It's like, Thor, I mean, I know it's like a bit of a touchy subject and I don't know, if, I don't want to offend you, but like, how much weight have you lost? Because like, you've lost weight in your face. Like, <laughs> can just look at you that you lost weight. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of weight. So then uh, when I got there in the fall, I was, I was fit, but then I couldn't train because apparently I've had school said I had COVID, which I never had. So I had to do like a heart scan. No one could figure out uh, if I had like, no one could figure out how to do the heart scan. So like seven weeks I was at the school, but I wasn't allowed onto like the field of the team. So I was just watching from outside the fence. So I'd show up to training like an hour before training and do like sprints in the parking lot. Fucking, I got my hurdle outside, like jumping over. And I said, I can't train inside because you, you'll die because your heart doesn't work. And I'm like, that's absolute rubbish. And then I got my heart got cleared. And then uh, like two days after I was being cleared, training with the team, like a mate of mine like crashed a golf cart. So I was, I was uh, literally in that tw first year of SIUE in 2020, I, I think I trained three or four weeks in the spring semester before COVID. And then I had four trainings with the team in the fall. It was just like a long, long year of just absolute shit hitting the fan. So, yeah. That sounds brutal, but, but how was the the second year then? Uh, second year, so I, we came back in January because it was the one, the, the season where it was like kind of weird. I don't know how it was for you two in, in because we played in the spring. Did you just play in the spring? Yeah. Oh, I, fi I finished in 2020, so. Oh, you finished in 2020. Marcus, did you just play in the spring or? Yeah, we played in the spring too. So the season got short. Um, it was a short season, but we were playing in the spring. So probably like you did as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a short season. So I basically came back and I played two first game. I mean, we had a Spanish goalkeeper who was, he was, he was sound. Like he's played, played at Barcelona until it was like 14. It was, Mm -hmm. mental that and he came in and uh so me and him were competing for the spots we played i played he we played that we first four games he played two i played two and i kept two clean sheets and we won two games had a penalty save in the first one like mm -hmm. to win the game felt like i've done fucking good there and then the gaffer he just came back and he's like oh, you didn't train in the fall so we're gonna have to because he had been there for like four years already so they're like, oh, we're gonna start him mm -hmm. so that, that spring season in 2021 I, Rarely played. Just played the first two games, two clean sheets, sat on the bench, and then I went to uh, Grand Rapids and uh, played there the seven games after splitting time, which again was frustrating coming from SIUE not having played as much as I wanted to. Mm -hmm. uh, but like Grand Rapids was brilliant for me, like absolutely brilliant. Good lads, great city, as Marcus, you would know, great place, good lads. Uh, I had a goalie coach come out and help me out. Um, oh, what's his name again? Oh. You, I know you haven't had him. Uh, he, not, he wasn't at Davenport, but he's, he's good. He was doing like sessions in the morning with me and helping me out, giving me confidence. And then in the fall of SIUE, uh, it was the same like rotation again. And uh, so the we I played the first we, the first six games we rotated, and uh, every on every statistical measure, like I'd done better than the Spanish guy, but then come game seven the gaffer pulled me in his office and he's like yeah we're gonna like you played well but you haven't you haven't played like someone that like 
needs to win this boss or something rubbish like that. And uh, I was just got it. Uh, I just told him straight up that I, I just okay, fair enough for you. Like you make the call. Uh, but next year I'm gonna be a fucking pro and I'm gonna make you look like a fucking idiot for benching me. <laughs> Didn't go, didn't go down well with the coach at the time, and he's like, "No." It turns out he turns back to me. He's like, "You see, that's why you're not going to be a pro." Like you saying that to me right there, and I was like, "I'll show you." Like, <laughs> like I'll do whatever it takes. Like under the fall, but credit to him, I came back in the in the in the old coach's office the next week, and I was just like, just sat down and like, yeah, I didn't like, I shouldn't like, because I didn't lose my temper. So I just want to make it clear to you, like, I'm I'm going to do everything I can to like help out the team. Like, I have really good friends here. I don't want to be, I'm not going to be a pest in the locker room. That's the worst thing I know if you're being an absolute like idiot in and around the place. Yeah. And uh, I just told him, that I just, just told him, promise me if you, if you get to the final and it's a PK shootout, you sub me on and I'll score and I'll say one, I will win. And uh, I mean, he, re he respected that, the coach, just me coming in. And then two games later, the Spanish guys managed to play himself out of the team. Uh, and I, I played, so I played like uh, I ended up playing. He told me I wasn't going to play, but I ended up playing the next like ten games or something like that, like till the end of the season. So it was a big, big turnaround from him saying, "Yeah, you're not, you're my second choice." And then the Spanish guy just not being up to it, and me coming back in uh, and playing, and I played played like decent. Uh, and I had another year of college as well. I could have stayed for the COVID year, and the coach wanted me to stay on, obviously, but that point i was just tired of college soccer yeah i was just finished with it yeah i understand i mean at the end of the day it's like it's a brilliant it's a like fantastic experience but i like i really missed like the men's football side of it like where you can like where the competitive message is a little bit higher where the stakes are like a little bit higher mm -hmm. where you don't have like the coaches like babysit you and then also like you're playing with 18 19 year olds and Americans at 18, 19 aren't usually the most like mature people coming out of high school. I mean, it's a bit of a statement, but at least from at least from my experience, like I didn't I did not enjoy like doing them the, like the gritty stuff and like the dancing in the locker room and like I felt like a Roy Keane sitting there like just wanted to punch him in when they started with their like TikTok dances and all that. Oh, just get me out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm gonna use my right not to comment on this. Um, but, but talking about you, pro you promised your coach that you would turn pro. How did that go? Tell us about after college. Uh, tell yeah. us the story. I know you told me this before. It's brilliant. Yeah, I told so, you, yeah, no, so basically, I told the I told the, the coach at SIU. I told you I'm gonna be a pro. I'm gonna like I believe I really believe in speak it into existence. If you really mean it, then like fucking say it. I like, just say it out loud. I told my coach and. I mean, he'll claim that he believed me, but I don't know if he really did. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. He posted on Twitter after me signing that I always believed in Tor. And I was like sitting there like, did bench me twice. But I mean, yeah, he probably believed me. But yeah. Uh, so I finished up and I was literally emailing and like calling everyone I knew, like trying to get a club. Like I, fi I figured out going pro in the states were impossible. Like it's just so hard as a goalkeeper. And I mean, uh, Alexander, you probably tried going pro in the states, and it's, it's hard. Yeah, like with the visas and everything, it's just yeah. I was trying uh, my best, especially in Sweden. So I emailed pretty much every single second tier and third division team in Sweden, 
every second division team in Denmark, emailed probably 10 teams in Ireland, contacted maybe 20 teams in Norway, 25. And it was just no, no, no. Like college soccer, yeah, we're not going to touch that. That's damaged goods, like as which is the common conception with a lot of, especially in Scandinavia, I think, where they people tend to go for what's known and not the unknown, and which it is what it is. And and I was sitting home uh, one day, and uh, I probably I got a, I got another rejection of an email. Like, eh, sorry, we don't need a keeper. Like you can't come in on trial, whatever. And I was like, fucking hell pissed off now so just texted the uh texted the the sporting director of Olsen and I was like do you have five minutes because at this time I was training at the stadium anyway with a mate that played uh that played at Olsen but he's playing in Denmark now playing in Ben Sissel so he's uh I was trained doing training with him at the stadium so I was at the stadium anyways but I texted him like hey do you have five minutes in the office tomorrow and he's like, oh, if you come in at 8 a.m., like I'll I'll squeeze you in. I was like, okay, cheers. I showed up the next morning and uh, like knocked on his door in the in the morning. That's like, I just gave him a sat him down, just gave him a speech. Like basically, just give me a chance, give me a week in training. Like let me, like, if I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. At least like give me a week to come in in preseason and like show what I can do. Uh, like you, you you obviously know where I am. I'm from Wallison. Like I was around here like. Like I was here four years ago, like playing in in the in the city, and and uh, luckily he said, yeah, okay, we'll we'll give you a week, like we'll give you a week in in preseason, uh, and then showed up, and a week became two, and then started the first preseason game, and then signed a two year contract. So going on rejection after rejection, I just got tired of it. Just went knocked on his door and just, just fucking give me a chance one week. But yeah, yeah, that's 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 some story, man. And I think it's it's a dream we all have at at the end of the day to to eventually make it make it pro because we all started playing this sport because when we were young we were enjoying it and it was fun. But then at some point we all get to to that point where it turns into somewhat a business, um, and that's why all three of us went to to college as well as you said because it is this like special opportunity where you can combine your studies with with the sport as well and it's just an opportunity that's tough to deny if you if you don't really have a pro contract laying there then you have this opportunity to go to to college in order to play and you get your degree on the side as well while you actually play at a at a decent level and and don't get me wrong you have some some fun on the side as well because college is is college so um yeah you know so um talking about that i really wanted to to talk a little bit about on this episode obviously we all from from the north of europe where we have this this goalkeeping style that is if you ask me very traditional it's very i wouldn't say basic because basic is a boring word but we do everything very proper if you if you ask me and then you come to the states where first of all they call it soccer we'll leave it with that but we call it football and we, you come to the states to play college football and it's a completely different world i mean tactics is probably the least favorite things for american coaches they don't really focus on tactics within the sport they focus about the the athlete aspect and how important it is to be to be strong it is to be 
big player, be again strong. Um, technical abilities is probably what comes in the second row when they when they recruit players. They look at numbers, they look at stats. Um, as you said, like height, um, weight as well is is an important aspect. So, in your own words, how would you say it's it's different from from now? As you know, obviously know the the pro level as well. Um, how would you say that's different from from the college level where obviously you were at the D one level? Um, Alex and I was at at D two, and I'm currently in the NAIA. Um, so, can you talk us through a little bit about the differences back home where you are now in in Norway to when you were in in the states? uh it's, it's as you say like the biggest difference is the tactical side of it especially like playing out like playing off from the back is like so big now in 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 europe and it's not really that at least where i played it wasn't big at all playing off from the back in the states and i've i've seen one i played against one college that really played out the back and that was marshall uh, with all the internationals they have and they were top class at it uh so especially like the tactical side of it is is massive in terms of how you play out how you set up the angles, the speed of play, uh, but also like the, the the tactical side of uh, how good your shape is, how good the team moves, where people move, the options you have. Uh, well, in the States, it's more like a, a lot of schools is a lot of kick and run, as you say, like just a lot of athlete, athletic players. Um, so it's, 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 it's very different in, in that sense, but it's also good to have the background from college soccer when you get back here because like i developed so much like physically playing in like that system because you do so much weight you do so much like running you 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 become a better athlete and then when you come back in here you can always you can always learn the the tactical side of it but yeah, it's, it's a it's a different game especially with the subs like playing off and back in the states is pointless because you can just you can have a front four that just rotates, so they play 25 minutes and you sub them all out. So you're playing out from the back to try and tire out the opposition and then they just sub four new players in and then you never see the, the gains from, from actually playing good football. Uh, but yeah, uh, the tactical side definitely is, is the, the biggest difference, uh, I'd say. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And to some extent, I would even call, call college soccer a, a different sport um and you touched upon that a little bit as well because as you said there's even different rules within within um, college soccer compared to to actual football as you said like one of the the things that when i came over here the first time that really sh surprised me as well was the uh, substitution rule as well where like to really put it into words is that you can almost sub as many players as you want. I mean, you can sub the whole bench on if you want. There is not like the limit on where we have now five um, subs in the pro game within three times. Uh, I think the only rule within college is that you can only sub that player on once each period, so once each half. But with that being said, if you have a, have a bench of 15 guys and if you have a, a big roster with a lot of, a lot of depth, that's obviously to your strength um but yeah again college soccer is a whole nother story um here at the end we want to talk a little bit about you being at Olison right now because um, as alex mentioned in the beginning a previous guest uh, mike lansing is um, within your gq union at the club as well and um, um we're gonna have stain greater boost uh, on for an episode in in the future as well it's already confirmed 
So can you first of all talk a little bit about your little trio there and how it is being with with Mike and and Stan? No, it's uh, it's brilliant. Like honestly, it's uh, it's class. We also have a goalie coach who's fucking brilliant as well. And like a goalie coach was the Anders Lindegaard. Do you remember him? The Danish who went to United. He's the goal, goalkeeper coach now. I actually didn't know that. Yeah, so no, he's not the goalie coach, but he, our goalie coach, like brought him from Denmark and then they sold him on. Gotcha. So he's, I think okay. uh, Lindegaard, Lindegaard just retired. He's in Sweden now, I think. But yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, no. So he's our, like the goalie coach has been there for ages as well and he's got some serious talent on his resume and he's top class. He's the. I think he was with the Norway under 20s national team now uh, in, in, in the last break, the last international break. So he's top. And then obviously you have Mike, who's so good. Like, so, such a good goalkeeper. So long. Like, when we do shooting and we're like trying to, like, we do angled shooting or whatever, like, you're trying to, like, on the last couple of reps, maybe like sneak it in in the post. And he's so fucking lanky, that guy. Like, he always gets a little finger on it. So long. And then obviously you have Stan, who's fucking Stan is Stan. I was a three-time goalkeeper of the year in Denmark or something like that. Something ridiculous like that. And uh, Norway national team and uh, all of that. So it's the level and the standard is it's top. Like it's class. And for me, especially like coming into the like Stan is a serious guy. Like he he trains every day as if it's like if it's his last. And uh, like he sets the standard, and you're always trying to like, you don't want to fall below that. In terms of like then that is service it is like if i miss a if i miss a volley at the star like this like on him he'll give me the stand look he'll look at me as he wants to fucking kill me and i'm like Fuck, no, sorry stand up do my best you know to like get him straight in here like always in there always in there uh, and in terms of when you train if i if there's a shot and, and i parry it and then stan will be like yeah well you're catching the next time and I'm like fucking, i got a point okay i'll try catch it and like the standard is just, and then I'll start checking him as well. Like if it's a shot, I'll be like, I right, catch that next time. I right, tries. He's always like, like there's a good, like a really good vibe in within the GKU at all of a sudden, just because the level is 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 so high. Like I've got a, obviously I'm the the younger youngest of us and the one that's had that's done nothing in football basically, and uh, so I've got to bring my A game to training every day just to like keep it that standard and and try and compete with them because. Uh, like, I mean, you obviously want to be become better than them at one point. And uh, how can you become better than them if you don't know where the standard is or what the, what's demanded of you to become at that level? So it's, it's brilliant for me to just be in there uh, every day with them. That sounds like an amazing GK union and, and two really good guys to train with. And, and we've actually talked with Sten's former goalkeeper coach on this podcast. And he loves Savali, doesn't he? He's a bit <laughs> traditional in that part, right? Yeah, yeah, Stan loves he loves a volley. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I remember from from talking with with Lasse Biang about that, and we're excited to have him on. And yeah, the the standard, like as you just said, like if you want to beat them, you have to at least match their level, and then yeah. try to obviously go above that at one point. So, yeah, it, it, incredible. But so we're coming to an end here. But before we finish off. We have also a usual segment since we're called the Gloves on Podcast. What are your favorite gloves and why? Oh, my favorite gloves are uh, the Sal's Wrap. Sal's Wrap, so the, the, the roll finger. finger. Yeah, the, the I finger yeah, they are. They, they are. They're so expensive now. I think now I use 
I use Umbro now. Uh, it's my goalie gloves. Uh, just Umbro. because. Yeah, I think I'm. Ah, and it's true. It's true. Allison, but I get as many pairs as I fancy. So it's, it, yeah. it does. It does the job. They're not sponsored, no. But uh, they're like uh, the hybrid cuff. I really like the hybrid cuff. Uh, yeah. Like a, a flat palm roll finger glove. They're like they do. They do the job. Uh, but I think I'm the only. I can't think of any other goalkeeper that uses Umbro in like the top league in Norway or Denmark or Sweden for that matter. So it's, I know I know Johad used to wear Umbro back yeah, when he used they won in 2012. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's uh, otherwise I, I don't really know. Uh, I, I never had Umbro. I wanted them because of Joe, but yeah, same. It's the same, same with I, I wanted Reebok because Casillas was, yeah, was no, wearing. Same. I had the the white and the blue Reeboks from like you had those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 2008. Do you still have them? Because I know it's a collector's item, no. I honestly think I might have them. They're not going to be new. They're going to be used. But I think I have yeah. them in, uh, at home at my parents' place. Nice. That's a, that's a collector's item. We had a, a goalkeeper glove nerd on here talking about his collection and everything he has. So, and he talked about like wanting the Reeboks, Ike Casillas classics yeah. the most with the massive thumb, apparently. Uh, but yeah, so thank you so much for taking the time to join us here. We just hit above 35 minutes, which is kind of what we want here. So yeah. thanks for having thank me on. You for, yeah, thank you for being transparent and honest and saying everything <laughs> you wanted. <laughs> yeah, of course. Perfect, mate. We I have just finished the recording. And to you guys still listening out there, please go follow Gloves on Podcast on your favorite social media, leave a review, and share this with one other goalkeeper for them to keep improving. Catch you on the next episode of Gloves on Podcast.